Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. It's great to see you, Nicole. How are you? I am doing well, Chris. And how about yourself? Yeah, full of energy, full of energy, because uh, this one's fun. And I know people think, oh, beet pulp, that sounds like a boring topic. It's actually not, because... You know, last week we were talking about brand mash and why you shouldn't feed it. And that goes back, you know, way back uh, to my early experiences with horses. But bee pulp too. But bee pulp's been a staple in a lot of horse diets for a long time. And it and it's a good source of fiber, right? Yes, Chris. I would argue nothing we talk about is boring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. We have this little bit of a theme like stuff you add water to seems to be our podcast theme at the moment. But, you know, beet pulp is a staple in it, but it's a staple that's kind of stood the test of time. Unlike wheat bran, I do find there are some very common misconceptions around beet pulp. So I think this would be a good place to just kind of make sure we're all on the same page. And if you are a beet pulp fan, awesome. I definitely use it in a lot of formulations. Let's just make sure we're choosing to use it in very effective ways because I can give you a couple examples of where it seems like a great idea, but it doesn't do what people think it actually does. No, and it has changed. It has changed over the decades that uh, we've been feeding horses. But I guess just to kind of kick this off is is why would we feed bee pulp? What what is uh, what's the benefit to the horse? Bee pulp's really good, super digestible fiber. So you know, to stay, take even further step back, beet pulp is what is left over from sugar beets when the sugar is extracted. So you end up with this very fibrous material. There are good sources of fiber in the horse's diet, and there are not as useful sources of fiber that can be used. Beet pulp, dehydrated alfalfa meal, soybean hulls, those are all in that group we categorize as really good quality fiber because the hindgut of the horse breaks it down very readily. So it can provide energy to the horse, feed the bugs that live in the hindgut, help keep it healthy. Other sources, things like rice holes, oat holes, peanut holes, they might increase the crude fiber value of a tag, but they're not very digestible. So the reason that beet pulp can be very effective is because it's such a digestible fiber source. In terms of other nutrients, I mean, it's not very high in protein. It's it's got a smattering of different minerals, but by itself, it's not especially complete. You know, it certainly wouldn't be appropriate as the only thing in a horse's diet. And for that matter, I mean, I'm happy to dig into this a little bit more when we talk about use cases for beet pulp. It is highly fermentable. But when we think about fermentation patterns in hindgut, I don't tend to use it by itself. Like I'm never going to feed a horse 25 pounds of beet pulp as its sole fiber source, because even though I'd be meeting the minimum amount of fiber the horse needed in its diet, it's a very singular type of fermentation. And when I'm creating a complete feed to replace hay, I'm looking for a blend of fermentation patterns to create, you know, the different types of end products that come from hay digestion. Not all hay, if we look at it, or all grass is all super consistent in terms of its fiber. When we do a hay analysis, the reason we do that from multiple bales is because there's variability. And we want to create some of that variability to help support the myriad of bugs that live in the hindgut. So bee pulp, great digestible fiber, but 
can't be the only fiber source in the horse's diet. Sometimes we actually see horses kind of have some issues when we just feed tons and tons of beet pulp because it is super fermentable. Right, right, right. Well, one of the things I always read or thought, and maybe I think this is how it's changed over the, the decades, is is beet pulp high in sugar or NSC? Because going back to my memory, and it's so funny how smell sticks with us throughout our lives. I can remember smelling beet pulp and it just, it just smelled so good, like a yummy treat. So is that true? Because it does come from sugarcane. So if they're doing a good job, they actually remove most of the sugar, right? That's their goal. Sugar Mm -hmm. is a, a very valuable end product coming from sugar beets. So, you know, in their process, they're taking out as much of that sugar as possible. The fibrous portion that's left behind is very low in sugar and starch, less than 10%, provided there isn't molasses added back on. So sometimes what you see in commercial beet pulp products, not not the bulk beet pulp that like we would buy for feed manufacturing, but commercial beet pulp products that are in a bag, they add sometimes a tiny bit of molasses to help with dust suppression. Sometimes they add quite a bit of molasses to help, for example, with the pelleting process of beet pulp pellets, or they just spray it on the shreds. It makes it way more palatable, kind of like you said, it smelled sweet and delicious. So there really is a range of beet pulp out there. The beet pulp that doesn't have molasses added is very low in sugar and starch, but not everything that you buy on the market doesn't have added molasses. So that's where we need to be a little bit careful to not just group all of beet pulp together and recognize there's variability. One of the big reasons that I use beet pulp, in addition to it being a good fiber source, is it's a very low NSC option. So it helps in those feeds I'm formulating that I'm trying to keep the sugar and starch very low for those horses that are sensitive to it. Now, why would you feed beet pulp? You know, I know you use, like you said, you use a lot in your concentrate concentrates in your formulations. But in what instance would an owner... You know, we'll talk about soaking it, but you know, to go through the the process of soaking it and then turn it around and feeding it to their horse. There are a couple different use cases. One is sometimes it's used to like carry other stuff. Okay, so maybe you're just taking a cup of beet pulp, soaking it, and adding a, a vitamin mineral to it and a couple supplements. I think that's a pretty common one. I'd say a lot of people feed beet pulp because they want their horse to gain weight. And this is where I mentioned the misconception part comes in. Beet pulp itself is not actually a high calorie ingredient. It's roughly equivalent to a good quality hay in terms of its energetic density, the number of calories that are coming through it from it. So from that standpoint, I do use it in some feeds that are very energetically dense. Senior sport, for example, has beet pulp. The energy is not coming from the beet pulp. It's coming from the added fat that we're adding to that. So they work really well together, particularly to help horses put on weight. Sometimes beet pulp added to the diet does help horses gain weight. And you're like, well, you just said it was low calorie. The reason for that is because it's that highly fermentable fiber. So if you don't have great quality hay, Adding a little bit of beet pulp, a couple pounds per day sometimes, 
can make the hindgut healthier because we're giving it really good fuel, which helps the horse break down fiber in their hindgut more effectively, meaning they extract more energy from their hay. So from that standpoint, I think beet pulp can be helpful if we have not great quality hay and we're feeding enough of it and we're just trying to improve a little bit the quality of the fiber that the horse is getting in their diet. But beet pulp by itself, just thinking about the energetics of putting on weight, it's not going to take a skinny horse and turn it into that fat, slick, shiny horse, if that's what you're going for. It can definitely be a piece of it, you know, but I, I don't necessarily recommend we like piece together our diets, right? So that's why, you know, I like to use it in a lot of feeds, but I'm not just focusing on the beet pulp itself because I could feed many, many pounds of beet pulp and not get nearly the same impact that I could get on half the amount of a feed containing beet pulp that was also otherwise balanced and has added fat. Now, one of the things I am familiar with beet pulp is you have to be a little bit careful with it. Um, like I said, you have to soak it and, and, and stuff like that. Is there anything about it that you, you've already kind of touched upon some of the nutrients it's lacking? So that that's good. So owners are aware of that, but are there other things that they should be aware of, be a little cautious of when feeding beet pulp? As we touched upon, I mean, you wouldn't want beet pulp to be your sole source of fiber just because it's super fermentable, but doesn't give you all of the blends of fiber fermentation. So sometimes horses do, you know, experience some digestive upset, a little bit of gassiness, some things like that, because it's so fermentable if you feed it by itself or in really large quantities. The big risk with beet pulp, of course, is choke. So it's one of those things we have to soak because by itself, um, particularly the pellets, I mean, they're, they're hard and dry and, and there's significant expansion. So one of those misconceptions is like, if I feed dry beet pulp, the horse will eat it and it'll blow up in its stomach and cause issues. That's not the case. But the reason that we soak it really comes down to preventing choke because those hard pellets particularly can get caught in the horse's esophagus. Um, and then, of course, once you have one incidence of choke, a lot of times you get some scarring and they're more likely to have it in the future. So we don't want to feed it dry. There is a little bit of art to finding like what the right amount of water is when you're soaking beet pulp. I will say, you know, some horses also have very specific preferences on how much water they want added. So you have to experiment with this a little bit. But ultimately, what we want to do is have your beet pulp pellets fully broken down. And you don't want to create what I would call like a, a dry mush. So sometimes if you've provided just enough water for it to break down, it, it will break down. But, you know, you could ball it up and it's a pretty dry kind of flaky mush. Horses can still choke on that. So it, it needs to be a little bit to a lot of bit soupy in order for horses to eat that. Well, it's one of the things I I, I, I try to remember it, 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 the feeds because I again I haven't fed this straight in a long time. So, do you soak it overnight so it absorbs all that water and it gets that slurry mush? Ooh, yeah. So the length of time you can soak it is a little bit dependent on your climate. One thing you need to avoid: you add water to this, it's going to break down. If it's warm, it can ferment. So, rough recommendation. For using cold water, you know, you would soak it at the meal prior. So you would soak it overnight. 
But if you're in a really hot, humid place, you may not be able to do that because you'd actually start to have some fermentation, some breakdown of that beet pulp between meals. Now, the nice thing is, generally it breaks down pretty quickly with hot water. So if you can use hot water instead, it depends tremendously on the pellets, okay, because they have different densities and different sizes, but many of them, 30 minutes to an hour, if we use hot water, you'll have that nice mush. So that that is something that we need to be careful of. It needs to soak long enough to break down, but not so long that it starts to ferment. So that's a little bit challenging. One nice thing with the concentrates, we use a very fine beet pulp shred that doesn't require soaking. You can soak those concentrates into a mash like we talked about last week, but they don't require it the same way that beet pulp pellets do. Now, one of the things I, I saw suggested, and, and maybe you can comment on this, is it may be a good idea to mix beet pulp in with like something more, you know, your concentrate or something else you're feeding. So like say, a, a, would you mix it with a complete feed? I mean, that's pretty high in fiber. So I'm just adding fiber to fiber. Yeah. So one thing we need to think about when we're adding beet pulp, we can, I mean, if you're feeding a complete feed, I like life to be simple. Yes. And the simple solution, if you think your horse needs more good quality fiber, feed a little bit more of the complete feed. Right, right. Uh, Let's say that's not the situation, okay? And you want to add beet pulp. One thing you need to be mindful of, if you're feeding it within the same meal as your concentrate, those maximum meal sizes, they also apply to the beet pulp, So for your average size horse, we don't want to feed more than five pounds of concentrate in a given meal. And the reason for that is it pushes it too fast through the digestive tract, okay? If you add your beet pulp to the meal, you can't feed four pounds of concentrate and two pounds of beet pulp and not risk those large meal size issues. And we're talking about the dry beet pulp, not what it weighs once you add water and it expands because it does tremendously expand. So from that perspective, you definitely need to be careful and keep that in mind. It's the same issue we talk about with forage pellets. They eat it all in a short amount of time. It counts towards the meal, even though yes, it's a fiber replacement and it's a little bit different. It still expands and fills up the stomach the same way that your concentrate does. So from that perspective, we definitely do want to be mindful. Either feed it in a different meal, um, or if you're not feeding a lot of concentrate, let's say you feed a ration balancer and you have not great hay and you just need to feed a little something extra. That's where a pound or two of your beet pulp might be totally appropriate, but not if you're feeding five pounds of senior sport. You can't add two pounds of beet pulp on top. Right. Now, okay. Here's a little bit of a curveball. I mean, I know you can handle it, but final question is if a horse has a metabolic condition, should they be careful feeding beet pulp? I love curveballs, Chris. <laughs> Makes my day more fun. Yeah. yeah. So beet pulp might be a totally appropriate addition if it doesn't have added molasses, if it's calorically appropriate for that horse. So when we talk about the diet of the metabolic horse, Many of them are easy keepers. So we're feeding hay with a ration balancer. If they're maintaining their body condition on that, there's no reason to add beet pulp. But certainly if we have that horse who needs just a few extra calories, or maybe your hay isn't great and they're getting a little bit ribby, 
A little bit of beet pulp that you make sure doesn't have added molasses can be an appropriate addition for the metabolic horse because functionally, remember, those beet pulp processors, they are pulling out the vast majority of the sugar. So it's going to be a low sugar product as long as molasses isn't added back to it. That's all. That's re- that's really great. So any final tips? You know, Chris, I think we have pretty well covered it this week. But if you as a listener have questions, please let us know. If there's something on this topic or others we haven't covered, send us an email. We'd love to know and we'd be happy to come back and, you know, amend and answer those on future podcasts. Yes, please, please. There's always the link in the show notes or you can join us on Facebook. Uh, Just search for Tribute Equine Nutrition will come up. We post these episodes uh, each week and you can comment and request topics. We've done topics from our listeners. So thank you so much for those. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing these episodes with your other horse crazy friends and family. I know I do. And if you haven't yet, if you don't mind, it would really help Nicole and I out, you know, to give back a little bit to the podcast. If you can go into iTunes and give us a five-star review, it won't take very long. It helps us in circulation. It helps us get this information out. So the algorithms, when people search for like horse podcasts, stuff like that, it comes up and it really helps us out. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for doing that. And uh, thank you for taking care of your babies. Like you're listening to this because you care about your animals and your horses. So thank you so much for that. Thanks, Chris.